Hey, listen to Commander Cookout Podcast, episode 60. I'm Brando. I'm here with Ryan. Today we're going to talk about the friend of the show, the Popa Podcast, Mardu Voltron Deck. Now hit our theme song! Hey, Ryan, we're back for yet another whirlwind adventure. How you doing? Good. What's going down? Whole bunch is going down. Continuing arc of the audience with a friend of the show's deck list, the Pope of Podcast, Kyle Schultz. Kyle Schultz. He, F that guy. We uh, we received this list a eh, week or two ish ago, and uh, we had a couple episodes banked up. So now we're getting to it as part of arc of audience. Yes, and it will be pretty cool. We're talking about a. A Voltron list. We haven't talked about a Voltron list in a long time. Uh, yeah, and lots of discussion before the show on it. Some some funky includes that I like and not a strictly white deck, which I think you like. Which I super duper like. It and actually has red. There's red in it, so I'm, I'm, a fan, I'm a fan of that. Also a fan, for those of you that were like, oh, Voltron, come on. There isn't five swords. There's no Jeet. Oh, yeah. And all those kind of things that you're expecting to hear about in a Voltron deck, not here. And what the F, Schultz? No, I think it's okay because you can actually pay life to make the commander bigger. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. Trust <laughs> it, me, it's good. It's a cool deck. It's a cool deck. Before we get to that, and before we get into anything else, we here at Commander Google Podcast we have to we have to acknowledge a thing. We are nothing if not people who are up on current events and something sweeping the nation. I'm sorry to do this to you guys, but I am a an audio producer in real life. And we've all heard of this whole Laurel and Yanni. Oh, okay. I know, I know. Let's hear it. We're going to get this out of the way real fast. See, we were listening to it at the station trying to figure out what's going on. And is it mind control? Is it a trick? Did somebody just edit Laurel and then Yanni together like to on, make people- on top of each other? Yeah, to make it people think like, oh, there's a thing going on. I broke it down. I edited it together. I found the secret message. Okay, let's hear it. I found it. Here we go. So there it is. The secret that everybody was waiting for in the world. <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> I'm I'm sorta of laughing, but I'm kinda of just face palming. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid John Cena. So that's what I think about that whole thing. So fuck Laurel and Yanni. Let's just move on. Sure. Yeah. All right, what should we move on into, Ryan? Uh, social media coordinates. Social media coordinates. We are CCO Podcast on Twitter and tappedout.net. That's where you can see this deck and next week's deck and last week's deck. Any deck that we've ever featured on the show, we are commandercookout at gmail.com. That's where you can send us love mail, hate mail, show suggestions, deck lists for the arc of the audience, but no nudes. <gasps> we kind of got a nude. What? I'll show you after. Okay, so we are also Commander Cookout at... Where are we, Commander Cookout? We are Commander Cookout on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Google Machine, Podomatic, where we're trying to take down the scrapbooking ninnies, edhrec.com, and Patreon, and the unofficial official home of CCO Podcast, flipsidegaming.com. Funny thing, first for CCO Nation, don't forget the CCOFU promo code to get you 10% off store-wide. Use it. Uh, abuse it. Definitely abuse it. That would mean use it lots, right? Yes. Tell your friends. Ooh. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> Tell your friends about CCO Podcast, not just Flipside Gaming. Yeah. yeah I mean, we want them to listen to CCO Podcast to get the promo code, and then we want them to continue listening to CCO Podcast to hear us. Yeah. <laughs> that was you know super else we, weird and awkward. <laughs> you know why else people listen to CCO Podcast? We have the sweetest giveaways. Oh. Ooh. That that was a totally glad-handing segue. I apologize for that. But in real life, we do have a super cool giveaway that we're rocking right now. Uh, in exchange for you guys liking and sharing our prize posts or our page on Facebook, you are entered to win a full EDH deck, sweet premium color deck box. Yes. Super neat dice. Yes. And 100 cards for a... Sun Song and Fire Speaker, I believe is the actual name. We will refer to them as other things throughout the course of the arc. Yeah, and just hold on one second here because it seems as though there are a bunch of other podcasters brewing and tuning and tweaking and giving these guys away. Nobody else is doing a sick-ass deck like we're doing. Fully ready. Receive it in the mail. Give it to your buddy. He's going to kick your ass because it's 
like better than whatever deck you're playing. Or you could actually use it to teach somebody how to play Magic. Teach somebody new. Maybe that's a thing. My plan is once we... And the deck list should be up by the time... It's not up now as we record, but it should be up now as you are listening. Ooh. Ooh. I'm actually going to see how easy it is to play by testing it on Kyla, who has no interest in Magic whatsoever beyond the fact that I really like it. And so I'm going to try and get her to play a couple of games with it just to see how easy it is. Hmm. That's my plan. That's a thing. I'm trying to brew complexity out and super sweet stuff in to make it kind of straight ahead. You know what that sounds like? That sounds like, A, like I said, a good deck to teach people to play with if that's the thing that you want to do with it. But it also sounds like a good drinking deck. Absolutely. Because those, you kind of need a little bit easier deck. I, I tend to play like monocolor decks when I drink because they're a little bit easier. <laughs> yes. It's it's very good. So hopefully that will, uh, I'll report back on that on the next show to see how that went. But we're doing easy to play, hard to master. That's what we're going for. Oh, that's the thing. We talk about aggro being a little bit more subtle than people give it credit for all the time lots of people say aggro's not good in commander you got to play mid-range or control and then have a win condition in your control or combo right i think you can play aggro absolutely can this this is there's some there's a couple hidden gems in this deck that i think you'll probably appreciate i hope so so uh we've talked about the deck yeah how we will win the deck when are we going to actually give the deck away ryan ah either at the end of this arc which is the arc of the audience or live in gp vegas if you win and you're going. Yeah, we can just, we'll hand it to you. And if not, we'll mail it to you when we get back. Yeah, we'll, uh, maybe at like a Traxable or something, at the end of a Traxable, either we'll give you the deck personally in Vegas or we'll make one of the guys whose necks we're standing on yeah, hand it to you from the ground like he's passing the torch, right? <laughs> We've decided that we're going to extend the arc of audience all the way till GP Vegas in the middle of June because we're having... So much interaction with CCO Nation, and we want to continue giving you guys stuff that you want to hear about. So we've got a bunch of lists planned out from, of course, audience submissions, and we also have a best of the rest show planned out. So even if your deck doesn't make the show, if you've sent it in in the last little while, we're putting together, I guess, like a greatest hits collection of the stuff we've received, and each one is going to be like five to ten minutes of here's a cool deck, here's what it's about, play it if you like this, times probably six or seven decks, and uh, that's going to be the final show before Vegas, and then the giveaway will happen either in Vegas or directly after Vegas based on like all the likes and shares and Twitters and that Brando was talking about. It's going to be good. Yeah, and the full details are on the Facebook page. Yeah, so check that out. We're uh, Commander Cookout on Facebook. So give us a search, give us a follow, and enter to win a super cool deck. Shoutouts? Shoutouts. Shoutout to everybody who received a repack. Yeah. Those went out. People are starting to get them. They're sending us pictures on Twitter and stuff. It's totally worth it. So super cool. We like doing that. And um, you saw the picture of the, the huge stack of them. Yeah. Um, There's people who are like, oh, yeah, super sweet wedding invites. That's what they kind of look like. Because yeah, it was just like yeah. folded up in a paper with our with our logo on it, and it was cool. It was fun. Me and Rebecca knocked it out of the park one night. I drank a bunch of beer. That's why the sticker is a little bit crooked on a bunch of them. <laughs> you go to crooked sticker one, now you know why. <laughs> Shout out, Justin Brown, patron. Justin the Brown. <laughs> Got there. <laughs> That's what we call in the business a return to form. Very excellent. <laughs> Shout out to Abel Zerk. Patron. How about Able Jerk? Able Jerk. Patron. You're twisting the words. You're putting words in my mouth. Shout out to Dan Nelson. Now there's a normal name. I guess Justin Brown and 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 Able are normal names too, but Dan Nelson is exceedingly normal. How about Full Nelson? Which is what I'll put him in if I see him at GP Vegas. Ooh, it's on. That's right. That's the thing. Hey, you know what? We've never talked about actually uh, meeting up with listeners and playing against listeners. Well, we're going to have some decks on us. And if you guys are going to be in GP Vegas, drop us a line. Maybe we'll be able to hook up, drink some beer, and play some magic. Who knows? Yeah, here's the thing. How many decks are you taking? I'm thinking three or four. I'm thinking... CCO Nation. Let us know on Twitter, at CCO Podcast. How many decks do you take to GPs? How much stuff do you take? I don't want to be loaded down too much because, I mean, we have to... We've got to walk or take the train and then stumble back. And I don't want to sell anything to vendors while I'm there. I want to buy some stuff and stand in line to get some cards signed and stuff. But I don't want to take all my stuff. So I'm bringing that playmat that Max Crandell sent me so I can hit him with it. Did you clean it yet? Uh, No. Gross. Should we do a show? 
what? Oh yeah, right. We're a, <laughs> we're a we're a magic podcasting show. Uh, okay, so Popa Podcast. Kyle Schultz sent us a Voltron deck. The deck is helmed by Lycia Sanguine Tribune. Sanguine. It's Sh- a, it's Italian for blood. Shut up. <laughs> she looks Italian. Lycia Blood Tribune. Ooh, that Tran- sounds pretty badass. Translation. She is from Commander. 2017. So she's from the Markov deck. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, so we've may have talked about her already. She is a 4 4 for 8. Sounds terrible. And she costs one colorless less for each one life you've gained this turn. I wonder if you could abuse that. Hmm. Let's keep going. First strike lifelink. Pretty standard. Pay five life. Put three plus one plus one counters on her. You can only do that once per turn and only on your turn. So. She costs black, white, red, five. Ugh. She's got the standard, I think first strike and lifelink are like standard vampire abilities, right? She doesn't even have vigilance. What kind of white creature is is she? But she has a gain life ability, which is a white or black thing, and then it's arguable whether lifelink is white or black keyword. So they mixed all five colors, or all three colors in there in the in the, in the Mardu kind of creature spectrum, whatever. Gain a life, she costs less. And that cost reduction is also applied to her commander tax if she is to die. Very cool. So what she's letting you do is just gain a bunch of life and cheat her into play, essentially. Because she's only going to cost three. Three or four, probably. To cast ever. And if I got a life-linking, first-striking, 4-4 that becomes a 7-7 immediately for three mana. It's not terrible. 7-7, life-link, first-strike. That's really good. Very good. If you can give her haste, okay, so you gained a bunch of life, you put her into play for three, you paid the five life to make her a seven seven, you attack with her, you're gaining all of the life you just paid back, right? I suppose so, yeah. And then you just load it full of other gain life spells that have other effects tacked on as well, and boom, wow. Bob is actually your uncle. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have I know. Uncle Bob's. I know. Yeah, good two one. Uncle Bob's. Bob's are your uncle. We've made that joke before. Yes, we have. <laughs> Very good. Okay, so 14 creatures in the deck. We're going to do some quick hits, and we're going to summarize kind of things of a similar theme afterwards, just to kind of put a nice bow on the creature package, because there's some some typical ones and some pretty atypical ones. Right on. Okay, first guy on the docket. Brutal Horde Chief. Say what? Brutal Horde Cheek <laughs> is a 3-3 three, three for 4. Whenever a creature you control attacks, defending player loses a life, you gain a life. Seems on theme. And for three, Boros Boros, creatures your opponents control block this turn, and you choose how they block. Doesn't seem terrible for a Voltron deck. Not even a little bit. And we'll talk about a couple of the other includes that that's actually really good for. Next up is Children of Corliss. You sack him to gain a life for each life you've lost this turn, and he's a 1-1 for white. He's incredibly important. We're going to talk about why he's important later on. Next up, Felidar Sovereign, white, white, four for a... Vigilance lifelink, and at the beginning of your upkeep, if you have 40 or more life, you win the game. So alternate win condition, we're highlighting this one just because we talk about the importance of having multiple paths to victory, and in a life gain deck, that's probably pretty good. 40 life is not unreasonable. And gaining 4 life per turn does discount Lycia by 4. Rock's Faith Mender is the next one, white 3 for a 1-5 lifelink, and if you would gain 1 life, now you gain double that much life. Dang. Next up, Tavern Swindler. Super sexy art. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? Well, you're, you're laughing. Let's, we haven't even said what she does yet. Let's, let's, let's read her. She's a 2-2 two, two for one and a black. Tapper, pay three life, flip a, flip a coin. Yep. Who is this, me? If you win the flip, <laughs> you gain six life. What if you lose the flip? Then you have a tapped creature. That sucks, but <laughs> it's good. Then you've tapped a creature and bolted yourself. <laughs> That's it. That's what you get. Next up, we have Viscopa Guildmage. He is a 2-2 for white and black, and he has a couple of abilities, both of which cost one white black. One of them is target creature gains lifelink, and the other one is whenever you gain life this turn, each opponent loses that much life. So he's got, like, Sanguine Bond, Blood Bond, if you will, ooh, and lifelink on him. Eh, that's fine. I like it. You know what? That's an all-star card in uh, the black-white life gain deck, uh, namely... Uncle Carl. Carl Goskov, whatever his name is. That one. Excellent. Next up, Vona, Butcher of Magan. 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 
Megan. Megan. Yeah, F you, Megan. <laughs> Black, white, three. Vig. Lifelink. Tap. Pay seven life. Destroy target creature. Non-land permanent. Non-land permanent? Non-land permanent. That's good. Four, That's four. Good. Something to do with all that extra life. Let's continue on the life gain train. Or is that all the creatures? No, that, that's all the creatures with lifelink, Ryan. Ah, okay, well, I guess best of the rest? Best of the rest. We have a Giselda, Blade of Gold Knight. She's a damage doubler and reducer, depending on who you are and who you're attacking. And remember, double your damage with your lifelink creatures is going to make your Voltron General really easy to cast, even if she's died four or five times, like Voltron commanders do. Yes, mucho inexpensive, eh? Yeah. Uh, we have a Danitha... Capuchin Paragon. She's got First Strike Vigilance Lifelink, and she's good with your aura spells and your equipments, which we'll get to later on. Yeah, she makes them cost one less to cast. Speaking of equipments and auras, we have a SROM Senior Artificer. He's a 2-2 two, two for 2. Whenever you cast an aura, equipment, or vehicle spell, you draw a card. So he's your card draw engine. That guy's actually got a like a competitive mono-white list he's really good of course he is he's got like he runs like 19 land in it of course he does if we ever do a cedh like roundup type episode we'll do him we're gonna crap all over him and then the last three are stoneforge mystic stone hero giant and sun titan those are your equipment finder equippers and your equipment getter backers that's your reincarnation engine for your equipment if somebody blows them up i like my word better i do too so those are, those last three are kind of like your typical white yeah, cards, If, if right? you're playing some kind of an equipment-based deck or equipment-filled deck, you probably want them. Yeah, they're, they're going to search and find up your best equipment and or get your best equipment back in yeah. Sun Titan. And he's a 6-6 six, six Vigilance for 6. I mean, he's just good, right? He's just a effing good dude. Yeah. And the other two find you your Batter Skull, which I'm sure the Popa podcast is playing. Uh, we'll have to find out. Yeah. Let's uh, continue on. We'll see if he is. Okay. Nine instants. And we've got some... Kind of cool ones in here. First up, we have Hatred. We talk about Hatred all the time. Ryan, take it away. Hatred used to be $6. Now it's 20 And I was going to buy a whole bunch of them, but now I can't get them anywhere. Damn. Wizards pushed buyouts. I That's a conspiracy theory. <laughs> Very much so. Okay, Hatred. Black, black, three. Instant. Pay X life as an additional cost. Target creature gets plus X plus zero until end of turn. Seems like another really great thing to do when you have a bunch of extra life. And you're buffing a guy that has lifelink. Buffing with lifelink because you're going to gain it all back and kill somebody. You don't care if you go down to four. Because then you're going to go back up to whatever you were at before. Very excellent. And if you have that creature that doubles your life total, or double, doubles your life gain, you're going to double your life total. Rock, rocks Faith Mender. What the hell? Super good. Next up, we have Master Warcraft. Now, I don't particularly dig this card per se because there's a creature that does it, but we'll... We'll talk about that later on. Master Warcraft is an instant for two Boros Boros. can cast it only after you've declared your attackers. You choose which creatures attack this turn. You choose which creatures block this turn. You only play it before attackers. I misread that. Oh, it, yeah, bef- yeah, yeah, before, so you can't... You yeah. can only play it at the beginning of combat. I feel like that would be a way easier way of wording that. Yeah, maybe it's got like some kind of oracle text. Maybe it does. Anyways, moving on, the last, I guess, non-removal spell that we've got in here is Teferi's Protection. Another expensive card now, 30 bucks. We're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about in the budget section, but essentially white two instant until end of turn, your life total can't change and you have protection from everything. Okay, that seems really good, except for you can't gain life, but it doesn't matter because all of your permanents phase out. They just Goodbye for see you until end of turn. Goodbye. It protects you from the wraths and the yeah. The it's like you don't exist for a turn, right? Yeah. I suppose it's an excellent card. It's a very good card. Very good. Very powerful card. Yeah, to you just shut off somebody trying to win, and you're like, you can't win. I'm gonna win next turn now because you've already tapped out. Because it's an instant. Attack me for forty. Beastmaster Ascension me. Crater Hoof me. Uh, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> don't think so. Uh, and then the last ones are like Ryan said, spot removal. We have anguished on making. Fire Covenant, Mortify, Return to Dust, Swords to Plowshares, and Utter End. And all those are some kind of variation on remove permanent of some type from the game, or in the case of Fire Covenant, pay a bunch of mana to, or pay a bunch of life, I'm sorry, to demolish a set number of things. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a sec when we get to the uh, the mass removals that, uh, that I want to highlight. Sorceries. Eight sorceries. And there's some of my favorite cards in this section here. First off, Chandra's Ignition. This is one of them. Sorcery for red, red, three. 
target creature you control deals damage equal to its power to each other creature and each opponent. That is a sort of like a red Wrath of God, kind of like Earthquake, except it gets flyers. And you don't need to pump X into it. You just need to have a big dude, which you have. Because she's a 7-7. Seven, seven. Yeah. With lifelink. Exactly. Or any lifelinker that you can put a hatred on. Or, I don't know, maybe you want to give them infect. Ooh, All you dirty. have to do is 10 then. Right? <laughs> okay, so you cast Lycia for just three. Mardu for three. You pay five. Give her haste or you shroud or protect or whatever it is. You pay five again next turn. So now she's got 10 power. Chandra's ignition. Game over. Right? Like turn five. It works. I mean, that's. I think she's good. It's an excellent card. Yeah. Moving on. Well, here's a. This is a. Another one of my favorites, both for the colors, the art, and the effect. Debt, uh, or debt to the deathless. It is, get this, white, white, black, black, X. This had better be good. And it is. Each opponent loses two times X life. You gain life equal to the life lost this way. Debt to the deathless delivers. Yeah. That's good. It's like, uh,. It's like double exsanguinate, but you got to pay white. That's good. I like it. And then kind of last, before we get into the more commoner things, we have, <laughs> this is good, Chaplain's Blessing, which is a sorcery for white. Gain five life. What in the actual fuck? I get why it's in there, and I think it's brilliant, and at the same time, it's so terrible. It's so bad. So here's the thing. White, your Mardu general costs Mardu. End of story. That's pretty good. Right? Your life total goes up. Commander's mana cost goes down. And so does so does your opponent opponent's life total. Dude, it's actually like improved dark ritual. It's so terrible, it's actually good. That's, it's run the gambit all yeah, the way yeah, back to good. Yeah, I was just going to say it's 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 so far behind what other commander spells need to be to be played. It thinks it's leading the pack. <laughs> <laughs> it's so far behind it thinks it's first. It's like Donkey Kong Jr. in the first Mario Kart on Super Nintendo where he's so far behind just throwing banana peels all over the place like, I'm winning. No, you're not, Donkey <laughs> he's Kong. He's so far behind that the blue spike shell hits him. <laughs> That's Chaplin's blessing. So It's bad. excellent. Can you imagine if you could find an instant like that and just put it on an Isochron Scepter so Alicia always costs just Mardu? Ooh, <laughs> and Isochron Scepter, not terrible when you have just removal on a stick, like uh, Swords or Path or whatever, right? Like Just throwing this out there, there are cards like that. We might be playing them in Bacon and Eggs. Who knows? We may or may not be playing them in Bacon and Eggs and or Atraxa. Who knows? Yeah. Okay, moving on. We've got two Wraths, sorry, three Wrath spells. One is really good in Merciless Eviction. Black, white, four. Choose one. Exile all artifacts, creatures, enchantments, or planeswalkers. You just pick. I like that card a lot. I, I like that one for sure. The other one, I think, are a little bit of trap cards for Voltron players. Um, they are budget options when you don't want to spend the six, five, eight, ten, whatever Wrath of God costs. But Divine Reckoning, white, white, two. Each player chooses a creature he controls, destroy the rest. And it's got flashback for seven. It's all right. It seems good in Voltron because you get to keep your Voltron. But... I mean, what if you have a Blightsteel or a Kozilek or a something else? What that's... if I'm playing Voltron too? Yeah, right? It's just weird. And then the other one is Tragic Arrogance. White, white, three. Each player chooses from among the permanents he or she controls an artifact, creature, enchantment, and planeswalker. And then they sacrifice the rest. That's another one of those modal spells that when your opponents choose the modes, it's always the worst for you. Yeah, and they pick they pick their planeswalker that's gonna go ultimate. They pick their best you know, they pick their whatever orb from Dominaria that doesn't let you do what you need to do with your commander. They pick their best enchantment. I don't know. I think just if you're gonna destroy all creatures, destroy all damn creatures, right? Yeah. Your general costs three. Always. Maybe, maybe maybe those are potential cuts. I don't have them listed in the potential cuts, but I they're like Wrath of God. They're potential cuts. I like Damnation. Wrath of God and Damnation. There you go. There's your two removals. There you go. And then there's two more. They're Open the Armory and Steel Shaper's Gift. Both of those search for an equipment card. Yeah. And Open the Armory costs white one. Steel Shaper Gifts cost white. And Open the Armory can search for an equipment or an aura. So that's sometimes important for Voltron decks to find an aura if if there's like a super important one, right? Is it important for this one? We should check in the in the enchantment section. Yeah, there's 15 enchantments, and you know what? There is a couple that I would certainly search for. First one is Glistening Oil. Black, black enchanted creature gets infect at the beginning of your upkeep. Is that when it goes? Put a minus one minus one counter on it, and when it hits the graveyard from the battlefield, put it back into your hand. 
It's kind of like a greasy rancor. Gre- greasy because it's got oil on it. Yeah. Yeah. Greasy rancor. And the other one is Underworld Connections. Black, black, one enchant land. Still an aura. And then enchanted land has tap, pay one life, draw a card. Speaking of Underworld Connections, I really want to make some kind of butthole joke about this card. And here's why. If you look at the art, it looks kind of like you're looking out from inside of a butthole. A giant butthole. Yeah. Maybe Lycia when you make her that big. <laughs> Underworld Connections kind of like Frexian Arena. Black, black, one at the beginning of your upkeep. Draw a card, lose a life. Yeah. Good. And you know what? Underworld Connections, late game when Lycia costs still three and you've got all the mana in the world and all the life gain in the world, you can just tap that one mana to draw a card. And one mana draw a card? Very good. Okay, we have, uh, and next up we have Angelic Accord, kind of on theme. It's an enchantment for white three at the beginning of your end step. If you gain four or more life this turn, which you probably did, you make a white, white, a four, four white angel token with flying. I don't mind it. It's all right. Did that go in last week's deck? I don't remember. No, probably not. We forgot Lyra Dawnbringer in last week's deck. The angel anthem angel. Yeah, she can suck it. Yeah. She's terrible. We don't need her. I hope she dies. Yeah. We've also got a. You don't see these very often. Sunspring Expedition. It's an enchantment for one. It's got landfall, so land comes in and gets a counter. When it has three counters on it, you can sack it to gain eight life. Sack it to gain eight life. And the important thing about it is it costs white. So you drop a turn one. You go turn two, turn three, turn four, gain eight life. There's your commander. It's a rattlesnake ritual. Oh, I like that. It's kind of neat. Yeah. I guess while we're doing life gain, we might as well just talk about this. Because uh, while the Pope of Podcast might be the Pope of Podcast, he's also kind of a D-bag sometimes. Ooh! And he's playing the Exquisite Blood Sanguine Bond combo, which is nice. I guess that's an infinite win as soon as you gain life. Because somebody will lose life, which makes you gain life, which makes them lose life, which makes you gain yeah. life. That's what they do, right? Yeah. Um, sanguine Bond for Black Black 3 and Exquisite Blood for Black 4. So they cost the same. You can probably drop one on turn four, one on turn five, or five and six. And you know what? I actually do like Exquisite Blood quite a lot. It's and a great card. Yeah, that's the one. Whenever an opponent loses life, you gain that much life. It gives all of your spells sort of lifelink. Yeah, I think so. Any damage spells, great with Chandra's Ignition. Yeah. Super good. Great in Voltron. Great in I need to attack to gain life to make my Voltron commander cost three. Yeah, so... Good include, a little bit of a downgrade if you're including Sanguine Bond, but maybe in his meta, maybe you need to win. Maybe that's like the other auto-win condition like Felidar Sovereign because he's playing a sort of janky Voltron in maybe a pretty tuned meta. Sometime in, because I mean Voltron can be very easy to disrupt, even mm-hmm. this one, and maybe sometimes you, you just need, need to win sometimes the game. just to drop Sanguine Bond whatever thing, uh, children of Corliss. Like, I win. You want to kill my thing? I'll kill you. Yeah. Right? Brando removal. Exactly. Speaking of kind of D-bag cards, we have a Luminarch Ascension as well. Another we all... another great one. I love this card. So we all know what that does. It's an enchantment for white one. If you, As long as you're not losing life for a few turns, it gets counter. When it has enough counters, you can pay white one to put a 4-4 Flying Angel into play. Great card. Very good card. Lightning Rod Ascension is what we call it. We're playing along the same lines as Phyrexian Arena and Underworld Connections. We's, all, we's, we's also got a Necropotence, pay a life, draw a card, essentially, right? We've got Greed, which is black, pay two life, draw a card. And then we've got Argul's Blood Fest? Fast? Argul's Blood Fast. Black, one, and then black, one, pay two life, draw a card. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you have... Five or less life, you can transform it. You flip it, and on the other side, it's got Diamond Valley. Yeah. Sack a creature, gain life equal to its toughness. Yes. I think it's important because you could pay life, let's say, with Hatred down to whatever, or Necropotence or Greed or whatever down to less than five, flip it, sacrifice your big Voltron that you just paid all the Hatred life into after you attack with it. It's fine. You've gained a whole ton of life back. Play it again for three. Play it again for three. I think it's good. It's a very good card. It's a cool It's a cool card in this deck. Which yeah. Because this is a shitty you card. Remember, you remember you hated on this card how it was in uh, From the Vault Flippy Dippy? I still hate it. This should have been Gaia's Cradle. The Gaia's Cradle flip? That's what it should have been. That's what it should have been. Not this crap. I agree. But in this deck, that's uh, it's your jam. If you're playing jank life gain, 
There it is. We've, we found it a home. I love me some jank-ass lifelink. What else do we got in the enchantment section to uh, to round it out? That's Sigarda's Aid. You can play auras and equipments as though they had flash. And whenever you play one, you can at- whenever you play an equipment, you can attach it to somebody or something. Ooh, like for free. For it's- free. And dang, I like that card. That card is, I think it's underplayed in Voltron. And then we have an aggravated assault. I don't think that needs to be in here, honestly. It's big uh, money. It's hard to find. And it, there's not enough ramp in this deck yeah, to really make probably. it worth it. You know what? You know what I think is aggravated assault kind of acts like um, Gisela number two for damage doubling. Because you get to attack again? Yeah, and late game, because your commander's so cheap and there's so many ways to give it haste, you're going to have extra mana lying around. I don't know. I just think it could be something... It probably could. Something better. But we'll get into that later. And I guess we also have an Assemble the Legion. That's a white-red three. Put a counter on it. Get dudes equal to the number of counter on it. And it gets a counter every upkeep. That's a weird... That's a weird include in this deck, don't you think? Sometimes you just need blockers, Ryan. And this thing makes blockers. I guess, you know what, Voltrons need blockers because they're going to swing for the fences. Maybe that's why Luminarch Ascension's in there as well, right? You know what Assemble the, you know what Aggravated Assault should be? Cather's Crusade. And you know why it should be a Cather's Crusade? Because Assemble the Legion. Because Assemble the Legion will give you one guy, and it'll be a 2-2, two, two, then it'll give you two guys, and there'll be three threes, and then it'll give you four guys. Yeah. And on and on. And I like makes, that. Yeah. I like that. Finally, another Voltron card that we talk about lots, and it fits perfectly into this deck. Unspeakable symbol. Unspeakable symbol is black, black, one for an enchantment. Pay three life for a plus one, plus one counter on target creature. Notably, plus one, plus one counter. Yep. Super good. Very good. Okay, moving on to artifacts. 21. We're going to fly through them because there's a lot of common ones in here, especially for Voltron decks. So, Alhalmeritz Archive. Five mana. If you gain a life, gain two instead. If you draw a card, draw two instead. Seems good in this deck. Also costs 22 bucks. We'll talk about that later. Jesus. Boros Signet is a Signet. Conqueror's Flail? Plus one, plus one for each color among permanents you control, which is going to be three. And as long as it's equipped to something, opponents can't cast spells on your own turn. That's pretty good. Two to cast, two to equip for that. That's, I like that. Godsend is a equipment for white, white, one. Equipped creature gets plus three, plus three. Whenever equipped creature blocks or becomes blocked by one or more creatures, you may exile one of those creatures and opponents can't cast Cards with the same name as cards exiled with it. That's less relevant in EDH, but still relevant sometimes if you can get something that's really common, like a Sakura Tribe Elder or a... Sol Ring. <laughs> well, you can't block with a Sol Ring. Animate it. <laughs> Splash Blue, play March of the Machines, get their Sol Ring. Yes! What Golden Urn? Golden Urn. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may put a charge counter on Golden Urn? And then you can tap, sacrifice it, and you gain life equal to the charge counters on it. Now, I think, because it costs one mana, you drop it on turn one, you charge it up till turn four, you get a four mana discount on your commander. Seems fine. Not terrible. Haunted Cloak. Here's one of our haste enablers. Super important. So three mana, one to equip. Enchanted Creature gets Vigilance, Trample, and Haste. That's a good one. I like Trample and Haste in this deck for sure. How about Helm of the Host? New Dominaria card. Four to cast. Five to equip. At the beginning of combat on your turn, create a token that's a copy of equipped creature. And if it's legendary, it's not legendary. And if equipped creature is legendary, it's not legendary. So super cool. I mean, you can make a second Lycia if that's your jam. Or you can make second, third, however many you want lifelink cards. It's pretty good. Yeah. Orzov Signet is a Signet. Pristine Talisman is a three-drop mana rock that gains you life. Rakdo Signet. Is a signet. Mm. Sol ring is a sol ring. Mm-hmm. How about a sunbeam spell bomb? Classic from original Mirrodin. Again, one mana. You can pay white, sack it, gain five life, or colorless, sack it, draw a card. I like that. Yeah, good with your commander again because it's, it's going to come out before you cast her. And with El Helmert's archive, you can take advantage of either of its ability. Ooh. Yeah. Huh. Next up, equipment. Sunforger. I love Sunforger, don't I? No. <laughs> No, I don't. Sunforger is an equipment for three. Equips for three. Equipped creature gets plus four, plus oh. That sounds pretty... Nothing to trifle at, certainly. Yeah, not too bad. So what else does it do? Why does Brando not like it? Let's keep reading. If you go white, red, and unattached Sunforge, you can search your library for a white or blue instant spell with converted mana cost four or less, and then cast it for free. Yay! So that's all your removal spells in the deck. I think it's good. It's a great card. Just... I play it, too. I'm, his, I'm that guy, too. <laughs> we got a Sword of Feast and Famine. Three mana, two to equip, protection from green, protection from black, 
plus two, plus two, and when equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, untap all your lands, and that player discards a card. Could be in for an attack steps with aggravated assault. Oh, that's probably why they're in there. Still cut but aggravated if, assault. If you're not playing aggravated assault, I would switch out Sword of Feast and Famine for another equipment we'll talk about in a couple minutes. Yes. Sword of the Animist. That lets you ramp. I think that's one of the only ramp spells in the deck. You attack, and you can search for a basic land, put it in and play tapped. I like it. It's a good I card. I like it in Mardu deck, for sure. It's a great deck. A great card. Sword of Vengeance. Here is another haste enabler and trample. So equipped creature gets plus two, first strike, vig, tramp, and haste. And ha, if we're if we're <laughs> shortening all of the words. <laughs> and that equips for three and costs three. I like I think I like Sword of Vengeance better than I like Godsend for the same all in cost, right? Yeah. Gotta get that haste, man. Yeah, I think Godsend is one of those cards that people look at and think it's amazing, and it's kind of... I think it's lackluster. Ooh, I exile your sapperling token. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Next up is Sword of War and Peace. Uh, plus two, plus two. Pro white, pro red. Gain a life for each card in your hand. They take damage for each card in their hand when they get hit with it. Good. I like the life gain. You know, tainted Sigil. Tainted Sigil is an artifact for black, white, one. Tap. Sack it, gain life equal to the life you lost. Life lost by all players this turn. It's like Children of Corliss on crack. Oh. Children of crackless. I love that. <laughs> also, kids, winners don't use drugs. Also, taint. Yeah. We're so mature. <laughs> Vencer's Journal. Five mana, no max hand size, fine, whatever. At the beginning of your upkeep, gain a life for each card in your hand. That could be... The five you need for Mardu. I don't like it. I probably don't like it in this deck. You know what I like in this deck instead is um, Ivory Tower. Cost one, and you gain a life for each card in your hand more than three or four. So on, yeah. on turn three or four, when you want to drop your commander, you've gained automatically from it like three or four life. Yeah. That's all you need. Yeah. Okay. Stupid fencer journal. I do like this one, the Well of Lost Dreams. Whenever you gain life... You may pay X mana, where X is less than or equal to the number of life you gained, and you get to draw X cards. I think that that should be played more often. The fact that we've never played that card is shocking to me. I am disappointed in us. I tried it for a while in Karlov of the Ghost Council, but uh, the four and then having to continuously sink mana into it, when you need your colored mana in Karlov... I didn't like it in that deck, but in this deck, if you've got the extra mana hanging around because the life gain lets you get a discount on spells, I think it's fine. And it turns that like late game Sol Ring into something. You know, anything else. Turns it into two cards. Yes, I like that. Yeah. You're incidentally attacking, you tap your Sol Ring. Now your Sol Ring is a skull clamp, except you're not losing any creatures. Yeah, That's it's like pretty cool. it's like a discounted divination. And lastly we have Whisper Silk Cloak. Cast for three, equip for two, creature can't be blocked by creatures, and it has Shroud. Hmm, very excellent. It's all right. Okay, quickly, let's go into the land, because there's 32 land in the deck, and get this. There's a bunch of, when they enter the battlefield, gain life lands. The refuges, or the gain lands, we call them. There's ones that trigger on angels entering the battlefield, and we've got a bunch of angels in the list. The key here, 32 land. It's a little bit less than you would normally see. It's a little bit light. We've got eight card draw spells some of which are like the Necropotence variety, which is cool. You get a discount on your commander. But you know what else is funny? I was listening to EDH RecCast the other day, and they said the average number of lands in an EDH deck is 32. What do you think? That's weird. I don't know if that's true. It has to be. Why does it have to be? Because they pulled the stats from EDH Rec. Okay, here's the thing. The stats from EDH Rec are all-encompassing, Mm -hmm. And sometimes when you do something that's all-encompassing, you encompass all the bad stuff. <laughs> Playing Maybe. 32 land in general isn't going to win you very many games. If this was a competitive commander deck and the average converted mana cost was like sub-2, I could see 32 land being then, a thing, but you're also playing a bunch of zero-drop moxes and vaults and crypts and things. You're also trying to cast... In this deck, you're trying to cast a creature that, while it will usually cost you 3, it costs 8. Because sometimes you're not going to be gaining life because somebody's going to have, you can't gain life. That's and your thing's going to cost 8 or 10 or 16. And uh, unless you're playing Tatiova, you aren't going to have that kind of mana. I think that it's a little bit light, yeah. Maybe. I don't know. We, we've never tested it or played it, obviously, because we don't own it. But maybe it's a bit light. Popo Podcast, let us know on Twitter. Yeah. What do you think? 
Also, fun Tatiova story real quick. I put that deck that we talked about a little while ago together, the oh, Counterless yeah, yeah, Simit yeah. deck. I had every land in the deck in play, and I didn't Primal Surge for the whole deck. How do you like that? Oh, loser. Oh. <laughs> I also whiffed on the Primal Surge and then had enough mana left to play the Lab Maniac that was in my hand and then Primal Surge again. Yes! Now that's how you do it. <laughs> yes. That's how you win games. <laughs> so excellent. Moving along, let's do couple couple other stats here. I said that there's eight card draws. We talked about the six removals. There's five mass removals if you're including Fire Covenant and Chandra's Ignition. Fire Covenant being the three mana, pay X life, deal X damage to creatures, how you choose. Yeah, divide it up among creatures. I love that one because that's an instant, right? That's a cool card. Yep, for sure. 27 life gain cards in here if you're counting like the lands and the life linkers. So Brando says sometimes you're going to have to pay 7 or 9 or 11 or whatever for your commander, but a lot of the times and I think most of the time you're not going to. Probably not. When you do have to, you're going to stone cold eat a bag of dicks though. Absolutely. So, I mean, but that's typical of all Voltron commanders is sometimes you're just going to cry. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes your deck just ain't got no damn play. Okay. Well, I guess seven feasible one drops in the deck. That gives you about a 40% chance to have one in your opening hand. So maybe just sub half the time you're going to have action. Turn two, you got 12 two drops. You're going to be going on turn two. You're going to be going on turn three. Uh, turn three is your equipment turn. Turn three is your, okay, I'm setting up. I've got my three colors. So on turn four, Boom, Lycia. Hopefully with haste, because you got her at a discount, right? And you can do that. Soul Ring, Signet, Pristine Talisman gives you turn four Lycia as long as you hit your colors. Any other turn one through three life gain and any mana rock. And you could do like a Spell Bomb, Children of Corliss, any of your one drop life gainers that we talked about. So you can probably get her on turn three a good chunk of the time as long as you have your mana. As long as you don't hit one of those comes into play tapped gain a life lands. Yeah, we know all about hitting those. Yeah, we do. Yeah, that's... It's the worst. But um, looking at the budget for the deck, I mean, I don't know, maybe you just don't have the budget left over to, to do the duels and the shocks and the fetches and the ding and the da, <laughs> right? So speaking of the budget, $293 deck. That's not terrible. It's kind of normal, but listen to this. Stoneforge Mystic. 23 bucks. It's killing the spice formula. It's making it the same as everything else, right? Sure, you get your sort of feast and famine if you have your aggravated assault. But if you cut both of those and you're saving the whatever $60, Teferi's Protection, 30 bucks. I think it's a luxury in the deck. It totally is. You can totally get your life gaining commander back by just gaining life from something else if everything dies. One thing about Voltron Commanders is unless somebody hits you with that Shatterstorm or uh, what's that other, what's the Fracturing Gust yeah. or something like that, rebuilding is fairly easy, especially in a deck like this where your commander always costs three. Yeah, now Tefri's Protection does mean that you, you don't have to rebuild at all. But because you have a three-drop commander, you can kind of rebuild. Just rebuild. Yeah. Take so, that $30, spend it on a Damnation. Ooh, I like that. Or take that th take that thirty dollars, spend one of them on a fumigate, and play fumigate. I like fumigate. White, white, three, destroy all creatures, gain a life for each creature destroyed. Exactly. So I you like wipe that. out your own dude, play him again because he only costs three because he gained That's a whole like whack a two dollar card. Yeah. Right. I also like uh, parasaline. White, two, destroy all enchantments, gain two life for each enchantment. Yeah. I like that one for sure. Get this exquisite blood sanguine bond combo together. $23. And um, and it makes you into a dirt bag. It, 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 it takes away f some of the spice, some of the uniqueness of the deck. I'd say play more of those like one or two mana, gain eight life cards. Or you could play a Jeet. Jeet is good. Jeet gains you life. Jeet does gain you I life. I didn't even think of that. And it's a removal spell. It's the best. Yeah, Jeet is so damn good. It does kill spice formula. It's in every Voltron deck, but there's a reason it's in every Voltron deck. You're playing a Sol Ring, play a Jeet. Yeah, Jeet's good. I'd play that. I only have two of them. You only need one. CDH. That's not true. <laughs> I have 16 decks. The last thing that I thought, that Whisper Silk Cloak, sure it makes him unblockable, but if he's got Lycia, if she has Trample and or Flying and or First Strike and all these abilities that these other equipments are giving her, I like Swiftfoot Boots better because... Or Lightning Greaves. Well, Lightning Greaves gives Shroud. Oh, yeah, the Shroud. Just like uh, Whisper Silk Cloak does. I like Swiftfoot Boots because it gives Hexproof. And still haste. Yeah. I think haste is what's important with this with this girl, but 
And when you're playing a deck like this, especially in Mardu colors, I mean, your deck isn't, as, this deck isn't as tuned to do this, but if you have something with, I'm going to say Trample and a Sunforger, you don't need Unblockable, because you have enough removal in Mardu colors, you can just spot remove their blocker, and since they have Trample, you're going to hit them for all the damage anyway. Agreed. With the few cuts that I suggested, that's like 75 bucks off. That would take it down to 220 Maybe some of that frees up room for Batterskull. Batterskull would be good in this deck. Right, and that 75 bucks off doesn't count freeing up any space from Aggravated Assault, which you said to cut, yep. and then potentially Sword of Feast and Famine. You could probably do Sword of Feast and Famine and get rid of I that. Think, I think Sword of Feast and Famine is really good. The only thing I think of instead is Sword of Fire and Ice. That's given protection from red, so I don't think you can target with um, Chander's Ignition. And that's no good. Yeah, that card's too good to, to not be able to target your commander with. That's what it's in there for, is to target your commander with it. Should we move to the milk list? Let's, uh, instead, let's do card of the, of the week. week. How about Rogue's Passage? CCO Staple? I just got the look and the slap. No, nah, we're going to do Well of Lost Dreams. Well of Lost Dreams. And we hyped that one up. It's totally our card of the week. That's colorless card draw, which is important. Very important, especially, you know, when you're playing something like white, because it's the one thing it can't do. But, but, it, but it can gain it life. It can gain life all day long. It's a rare, originally printed in Dark Steel. It was also in two commander sets, uh, 13, 17, so fairly easy to come across. It's like maybe, a buck, hey? Maybe like a one or 17 Canadian dollars, depending on, on where you're living on the earth. Yes. But it's a very good card. Whenever you gain life, you may pay X, where X is less than the amount of life you gained. Draw that many cards. I like gaining life. I like drawing cards. Very good. I like that lots. Milk list? Now we can do the milk list. The milk list, for any new listeners, is a list of cards from 0 to 13 converted mana cost of the most popular cards in each converted mana cost slot as per edhrec.com. So the most popular zero drop in black, red, white, as per edhrec.com, mana crypt. Nah. Not in the deck. Soul Ring at one drop. Soul Ring at one drop. For sure. Orzov Signet at two. Yes. Ooh, here's one that you forgot to suggest. Crackling Doom at three. Oh, I love some Crackling Doom in decks like this. Black, white, red. Each player sacks a creature? Each opponent sacks... Or each opponent loses to life, sacks the creature with the greatest power. Very excellent. So that thing that they saved from your Divine Reckoning? You're Crackling Doom it. Oh, yes! Like, get rolled, yes. noob. Yes, yes. Very excellent. Okay. At the four-drop slot, Utter End. Yes. Master of Cruelties at five. No. No. That's a weird one to have there. Uh, six. Aurelia the War Leader. No. Seven. Gisela Blade of Gold Knight. Yes. We are playing that. Avison at eight. Nope. Iona at nine. Nope. Superstar from last week. Decree of Annihilation at ten. No. That's the only time I've ever seen Decree on uh, the milk list. And then Ulamog, It That Betrays, and Emrakul at 11, 12, 13. No, no, no. We're not doing any of those because we're playing 32 land and we want to do Voltron. <laughs> yes, you will never get to 11. So what What was that? Four milk list matches? It's not too bad. That's pretty good. Yeah, we've had ones that were like nine. Yeah, that was, that was those were bad weeks. No. Yeah, those were bad weeks. So uh, Kyle Schultz, good on you. Not too bad. Strengths and weaknesses? Strengths and or weaknesses. Okay. Strength. Like, it could be a strong Voltron deck with some tuning. It would be a very good Voltron deck because it allows you to break rules. Every time you can break a rule in Magic, cheat a mana cost, draw cards for life, like with Necropotence, those are all recipes for success. And when the rule you're cheating is the thing that makes Voltron decks less viable, namely the commander tax for your one creature getting killed over and over again, that's a, that's a really good rule to break. Yep, that's an excellent one. Lifegain.debt. Lifegain.deck is good in non-Voltron metas. And while this is a Voltron, it's you that's gaining life and Voltroning, not all of your opponents. I've, I haven't said that for a while, but that was a point that I was making early on in the show is Voltron decks are very good in uh, non-life gain metas or whatever it was. Whatever. Mardu can deal with any threat. Any threat. And it can draw cards because black. Yes. So I think it's a well-rounded um, color combination. And Brando can't hate on it as much because it has red in it. Now, is this a strength or a weakness? I'm not sure. Voltron can be weak to removal, but this particular deck can rebuild because you get such a great discount on your commander. We've hit that all episode, all episode. That is true. That is a thing. But if you look at a deck like a classic one from way back, Original Omnath, 
Yep. It's one that could rebuild real fast, too, because you already have all that mana. But at the end of the day, it's still a dude that just gets killed over and it's over again. It's still one dude, yeah. You're still relying on that one creature to survive long enough for you to do something with it. And sometimes that's a lot harder than you think, especially when everybody knows that it's just that one creature that's going to kill them, and they just keep wasting it. And now, that, that here's, here's the thing. Here's the next level to that is if you can rebuild as easily as this deck or as original Omnath can... Does that deter people from killing it? Like, oh, I can't, I'm just going to play it again next turn and give it haste. Well, no, because you lose if you don't kill it. I suppose. Yeah. This is a de- this is the Voltron has a hard time with stuff like Maze of Ith, unless they have Shroud oh, or yeah, Hexproof. Okay. Weakness, Maze of Ith. Ah, that's my next point. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, CCO Nation, you be the judge. Is is the ability to rebuild a strength or weakness? It's definitely a strength. I think so. I think so too. Maybe maybe we agree about something. Lots of enter the battlefield tap lands if we're continuing in the in the weakness. Now, they do gain you life, but is it better if it was just like a shock land or a fetch land? I in EDH, I never look at one life as a huge thing, even in a deck like this. I think that the one life is not worth possibly not playing your commander on turn 4. That's right, yeah. Cuz that's the difference. It's I'm playing my guy turn 4 or I'm turning playing my dude turn 5 and turn 4 or 5 in EDH is when decks are going. And if you're not, you're in trouble. Yeah, especially a Voltron deck, yeah. Uh, Definitely a weakness, then. Quick thing for just this deck, because the land base is small, and I think it's very, very greedy. I think this deck would have a hard time with a Blood Moon. Maybe his meta doesn't play Blood Moon, but if they did, Kyle Schultz is in big trouble. I I think so as well, and I I think that goes back to the budget, right? If... If you're having trouble with Blood Moon in your meta, I mean, load it up a little bit heavier with basic non-mountains, right? So your plains and your swamps, and then have your two-color lands provide you red and something else. So if you lose them, you still have lots of swamps and plains, and you still have mountains yes. if you get Blood Moon. And another one, again, this is another just niche thing that if I, if, if I was in Kyle Schultz's meta, this is a thing he would have to deal with, and it's Reign of Gore. So anybody who plays against this deck that plays with Kyle Schultz, put a Reign of Gore in your deck. Reign of Gore is an enchantment for red-black. If a player would gain life, they lose that much life instead. Ah, very excellent. So kind of like False Cure or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, okay. See, False Cure from Onslaught, Reign of Gore from um, Ravnica? Dis- I think Dissension? It's Dissension, I think. It's he a likes great card. Ravnica. I hate Ravnica. I love Ravnica. But we're going back there. I think that's okay. As long as Nick Bolas and Jace both die, which... If you're looking at, like, fiction and good writing, both of them are going to eat shit on that plane. I hope so. I think the, I think the fight with Nicol Bolas, like, the, the ultimate fight is the next block. This is the penultimate point in the story, which is right before the big time. Somebody part. has to go down. I One of them so. has to go down and not get up. Apollo Creed versus Ivan Drago. Rocky Four hits the ropes, goes down, does not get up. One of them has to, or they're just being lazy and... Come on, guys. You're better I than I think that. secretly you're saying that you want to see Nicobolas and Jace all greased up fighting each other. Absolutely. <laughs> Can it be Chandra and Liliana instead? Mm, I feel like we've already seen that and somebody got in a lot of trouble for it. Yeah, sort of we yeah. did. I want that picture on a playmat. I think it is on a playmat. I want that I think play that's mat. where it came from. Excellent. I want that playmat. I still want to see it again, though. Yeah, be fine like more of a good thing is always good. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's there what we're going to get on our t-shirts. More of a good thing is always good. And we're, we're, we're agreeing again. We're back in opposite town. Whoa. <laughs> spice calculator? Spice calculator. Okay. Spice calculator. Popularity. First metric that we look at. 239 lists on EDHREC.com. That's all right. Making her the eighth most popular? She's actually metrics lower than 239. Okay. Well, whatever. She's basically the bottom two unless you count all the pairings of the black white or the black white red partner commanders and she's about the same as like mathis and teriel who are both terrible and too bad teriel's not a patron and gets a nickname shout out (laughs) (laughs) terrible reckoner of souls but once you get into the top echelon of your mardu commanders we're talking calia alessa queen marchesa zergo edgar thousands of lists yeah so she is not very popular not at all. But that's why we pick her. Yes, that's why she's in the show. We want to showcase the lesser-used commanders. Yeah. Remember? Yes. Okay. I think she'd be more popular <laughs> if she didn't have those stupid feathers sticking out of her hat. Yeah. What's the deal? Yeah. Maybe she killed an angel. Okay, I, that, like, I that, like it. Does that make her, be- I like more her badass? Yeah. yeah, that makes that way more badass. Okay, good. 
Average converted mana cost, 3.27. Little bit lower. I think it could be even lower if you want to include a bunch more of those air quotes rituals. The white gain some amount of life. Or a path to exile. I like that too. Critical turn. What do you think? Four? Four. Four? Four is when you want to play your commander. It's four. I think four. If if somebody doesn't if somebody doesn't answer your commander by turn five, they're gonna eat a whole bunch of infect. They're gonna get double striked with infect. They're going to get hatreded out on five. I think four is the turn, right? Absolutely. Optimal game size. Optimal game size. I think for a Voltron commander, four. Regular ass EDH pod. Always four. Three is too small. One is too small, five, six, I seven, too big. I actually don't mind it in three, but most people don't play three-player EDH games. Yeah, they're basically just playing one-on-one. And and, and one guy's eating a bag of dicks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think the less amount of players in the game, the less likely that people are going to be jamming big-time control decks and lots of wraths. Most people, when they sit down, if they have multiple decks out of three- or four-player game, are going to pick something a little bit faster, a little bit more aggro. And I think that this deck fits right in there very good okay now uniqueness rating cards different in this deck than the average list on edhrec.com 29 cards that's that's good it's okay yeah there was some certainly some some gems in this list and then there were certainly like necropotence and greed and stuff that are of course they're in the stock list because you want to be drawing as many cards in an aggro deck as you can you might as well use life that you're going to have tons of to do it punch it all into the spicy calculator now remember five tutors in this deck 31 spicy that's not terrible given the number of tutors not terrible given the number of tutors not terrible given that you're playing like chaplain's blessing which is in the stock list yeah what the hell (laughs) maybe that's the most amount of life for one white mana maybe maybe Maybe. you know what if there's lots of fours for two and and stuff like that and there's lots of like sevens and eights for two which you could still do the same turn that you play your commander but you don't need to gain probably more than five or six right so whatever if you take this suggestion on cutting the Stoneforge Mystic and just adding in another Voltron piece, whatever that is, you gain two spicy, right? You go up to 33. You're still not hitting the 50 test. If you go down to one tutor or none, you, you're you touching 50. I don't know. I feel like, it, like Voltron decks kind of need all the help they can get sometimes, though, because that style of commander is kind of fallen out of favor of late. Yes. Get and on it, it, Wizards. It's a lot of, it's kind of like the Zata effect when you play in, an, in a, uh, not an Emrakul, a Voltron commander, just because you have to jam certain things in order to make your deck viable. Because sometimes you just have to swing with a dude and you have to make your dude not suck. So you got to play those things. And you got to have ways of finding those things. Because without equipment protection or the ability to become immense, very quickly, at the end of the day, this guy is a 7 7 for 8 with lifelink. And yeah, that's pretty good. A 7-7 seven, seven for 8 that you have to pay 5 life to make them that big. Yes. <laughs> so Sounds terrible. Yeah, and without all the Voltron stuff, it is terrible. It also sounds like the reason that we play it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Nothing feels worse than, hey, I'm going to pay 5 life to put 3 counters on this. Well, I'll just swords it now so you only gain... So you, 4. Yeah, then they give you the finger. Not the best feeling. Should we wrap it up? Sure. Before we go, remember, like, share... Interact with us on Facebook, Twitter. Get Help us get out there. You'll be entered to win the sweet Innocent Gun deck. That one's just for Ryan. Love me some Innocent Gun. It's beer. And if you win, uh, the contest you're going to have a few more weeks to enter. We'll be doing the draw on the show before we go to GP Vegas. That way you'll know you won. And if you're going to be there, we'll, we'll give it to you, have a beer with you, whatever. Uh, and if not, we'll send it in the mail to you when we get back. So be on the lookout for that. And uh, speaking of Vegas... A Traxable update. So much is happening with that now, I don't even know what the hell. So originally, it started out with us and CMDR Central. They're going down. Then Commander's Brew jumped on. They called out Jumbo Commander. And then all of a sudden, Legendary Creature wanted in. They were like, what's this attractable garbage? We're going to kick everybody's ass, aren't we? No. And then you called them out. And then patron of the show, Mr. Plurg from Commander Time Podcast, Nate Burgess, he's, he randomly said he's brewing a deck. What? And I was like, what's going on? And then Brothers War Podcast wanted in. And now I don't even know who's in it anymore. Oh, my God. Yeah. So if you're going to be in Vegas, 
me and Brando and and everybody else, we're gonna try and meet up ASAP and find a location to have this. We're gonna need our own conference room pretty soon. Yeah, absolutely. Be at the Mandalay Bay where they hold UFC. Yes, for the ultimate Atraxa showdown. So Wizards get on it. We're gonna find a spot. We're gonna tweet out where it's gonna be and when it's gonna be. When everybody's like all on the same page, and it's gonna go down. It's gonna go downtown. Probably not in Vegas though. Like downtown Vegas, it'll probably be on the strip somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like at the Las Vegas Convention Center, somewhere like in there or around there. <laughs> <laughs> Point is, hype up, attractable. If you're going to Vegas and if you know people going to Vegas, tell them to come say hi. Tell them to come stand behind CCO Nation. If you have some kind of two-way radio you manage to sneak into the casino because you're not supposed to be doing that and you want to have one of your buddies stand behind one of our opponents, then you stand behind us so you can give us information about what they have in their hands. Oh, by all means. It's called ghosting. I thought it was called cheating, which is what <laughs> I'm trying to do here, Ryan. Yeah. Very excellent. No, we won't cheat. We'll beat you the old-fashioned way. With a club. Yes. Yep. Inside of a playmat. Yes. Just covered for, in pubes. So it doesn't leave bruises. <laughs> so it's going to be a great time. We trash talk. Uh, we're sort of serious, but we want to have fun, but we're mostly serious. Yeah, I'm basically serious all the time. I have never said anything I didn't mean. Final thoughts of the day? <laughs> Thank you, Pope of Podcast, for sending this list into us. It actually was pretty cool. I was a little bit disheartened when I heard, when I heard that we were going to do a Voltron list today. After looking at it and actually talking about it, I think it is very cool. It's a really neat take on a what could be non-spicy deck. And even though the numbers didn't really say it, I think it actually is, again, way cooler than the, the numbers actually say that it would be. So thanks again, Popa Podcast, Kyle Schultz. To everybody else, thank you so much for the, the interaction and sending us all the deck lists. Keep them coming. We're going to throw them all into a hat and pull one out, and we're going to talk about it on the next episode of Commander Cookout Podcast. Hit our theme song! Ooh. Did it.